Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, May 3, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Actually, believe it or not, it was a quiet day, but there's a lot on the docket. So let's get right into the action. What we do first is we take a look at the daily chart and we want to see what's jumping off the page on the daily chart. Has anything changed in the structure of the chart? So we look at the daily and we say, not really. All they're doing is eating time off the clock near the highs. They've been doing so for about a week and a half of trading activity. What does that normally tell us? That normally tells us they're building energy to make another push higher. Does that mean the push higher begins tomorrow? No, it just means when the market believes that enough time has ran off the clock, she'll begin to push higher and that will be fuel and energy for the next leg to new highs once again. Now, what about a failure? One of these bull flag patterns, one of these bullish patterns, one of these eating time off the clock near the highs, one of these times it's going to fail. So the question is, how do we know which time that's going to be? Well, ahead of time, we're not going to know. That's the trick of the market. However, what we do know is important numbers, important spots underneath current price that gives us an idea that the bullish pattern building energy for new highs is not necessarily intact anymore and something else may be under development. So what is that number on the south side underneath current price? What's that elusive number that lends us to believe that the uptrend is stopping? There are numbers based on which chart you're looking at. In terms of the real uptrend, the perpetual uptrend, the uptrend that's really dragging price higher, that's taken from longer time frames. So no time soon is that trend going to change. However, the trend begins to change from shorter time frames and morphs onto other charts. So as an intermediate in this conversation, we can use the daily chart as an example. What's an important spot on the downside where the daily chart would begin to change character? And by the way, what's that 414.75 horizontal trend line running across the screen? What does that represent? Good question. Let's cover both. First, let's cover the horizontal trend line. 414.75, it's 4.15, give or take. It's 414.75, give or take. It's somewhere in that neighborhood. You can see it coincides with or comes in right on top of the daily chart 20-period moving average. That 20-period moving average will creep higher each and every day, and therefore, it makes total sense that at some point in the near term, that that 20-period moving average, or as I like to call it, home base, will meet that 414.75 price zone. So what exactly does that represent if it's not really the daily chart line in the sand, if you will? It represents the spot where traders will begin to believe that the market is going down a lot farther. We'll call it the precipice line. And it's not a long-term precipice line, it's just for the short term. However, the more important price is 412.79. 412.79, first on hourly closes, and then of course on a daily close below, would be trouble for the market. That's really the first 
bigger sign that there would be trouble for the market is closing daily below 412.79. Well, what does 412.79 represent? Good question. Let's learn something. We've gone over this before, but it's worth doing again. It's the last breakup candle low, 412.79. It puts the market underneath home base or the 20-period moving average. That would be a negative. Underneath the last breakup candle, that's another negative, begins to turn the 120-minute chart downward. Not so much on the 240 chart. It would obviously be much below the 20-period moving average on the 240 chart, but not so close to the 50-period moving average. So the 240 stays pretty much intact if they're intent on running some tests to lower numbers. Why are we talking about lower numbers now? If the market's simply eating time off the clock, building energy for another push higher, why are we talking about lower numbers? Well, there are two reasons. A, we have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. That's reason number one. Reason number two is, from a shorter time frame perspective, for example, look at the hourly chart. So you have a breakdown candle from this morning, and basically they ran time off the clock running sideways inside the breakdown candle. What does that normally tell us? Well, here it is. So you have the breakdown candle, which is the move lower. You have the flag or wedge pattern, that's the bearish pattern, that climbs up at least a portion of the breakdown candle, and then they start lower, and here's a gap over here. And just for edification purposes, that gap was not filled during the trading day. So how do we treat this gap? Well, let's think about it in terms of Tuesday morning. Let's say for argument's sake, and by the way, tomorrow is turnaround Tuesday. So let's say, for example, they drop them in the morning. They're trading below the gap. They open below the gap. That in and of itself would open the door for that 415, 414.75 neighborhood. Now, if they're opening above that on Tuesday, it should lend itself to support. Can they get below it? Of course they can get below it. Anything goes. The next big or major spot below that is what we just talked about, 412.79. Anything below 412.79, and we know there's something much bigger in development because they would be, in effect, giving up the breakup candle low. So there are numbers on the south side leading into Tuesday. What about the north side? Well, let's look at it from this perspective. Was there anything really wrong with the market today? No. They went higher early in the morning. They finished lower than they were earlier in the day, but they finished above where they closed on Friday. So net-net, it was an up day. So when you look at the tape at the end of the day Friday, the general Joe says, oh, the market was up a little bit, and they move on to something else. What we know is it's how they close them that's most important, not how they trade throughout the day. When they close them on the highs, that's a bullish sign. When they close them near the lows, that's not a bullish sign. That means even though the volume was very, very low, either way, that still means at some point during the afternoon to send price lower, there was some level of institutional distribution. How do we think about volume? We gauge it by the rolling 90-day average. So on this chart, the rolling 90-day volume number is 89.5 million shares per day on the SPY. Is that heavy volume? Not really necessarily heavy volume, but either way, when the daily volume, for example, today, 
is less than the average volume, we know there was a lack, there was a lack of institutional participation. There's always some institutional participation, but the heavier institutional participation, the more conviction we have on the market and the more likely we are to follow through with the pattern that's developing on the chart if and when we have institutional participation. Big picture, nothing wrong with the tape. Small picture, meaning what's gonna happen tomorrow morning? Well, the prices are pointing down as of the close on Monday. Can we wake up to a gap up? Of course we can, so we don't know, which is why we don't guess taking a position from one day overnight to the next, hoping that we win the trade. We don't trade on hopium, we trade based on information that we have, the best possible information that we have. What about inside the numbers? It was a quiet day, was there any activity inside the numbers? Well, let's find out. I think we can learn something from today's inside the numbers. We'll circle back to stocks on the move in a few moments. Happy Monday, they're still hanging around and running tests of the big fat round numbers. Remember, the daily chart, and this is first thing in the morning, zero dark 30, is a tight bullish flaggish pattern. Pretty obvious stuff, let's move along, see what else we have in the early thoughts. Let's talk early duck. We've got a bull flag pattern they've been working on for over a week. They ran a test of the big fat round number last week, weren't able to stay above, but were not rejected other than a few points at the time. They're building energy for another leg higher until they're not. That's the thing that we're working off of. That's the duck. The next leg higher, of course, puts them in no man's land. That's not important right now. It's the first of the month, which normally means we have some new money flows in retirement type accounts and so on. That's just common everyday market stuff. Doesn't mean there's a lock on an up day, but the fund flows generally push prices higher. So that happened earlier in the day, and can we prove it was new money flow? No, we can't prove anything. It just happens the majority of the time. Not every single time on the first of the month or the first trading day of the month, but it does happen. So it makes logical sense. That's the reason. Stocks on the move were a little thin in terms of opportunity. Why? Because of a lack of volatility. When they suck volatility out of the market, there's not a lot of stuff moving around in the pre-market. In fact, there's not a lot of stuff moving around after the opening bell when they suck out the volatility. We deal with the type of tape Mrs. Market provides each day and exercise patience when we have to. And we're moving along. Let's see what else we have. Before the bell, still 918, we're citing some stuff, trying to narrow things down right before the bell rings. 41960 is going to be key for another leg higher. Pushing above, Closing candles above is what's needed for the next leg higher if one's going to occur. Routine, five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity, horizontal line, 419.60. They open the bell, they drop them, they pop them, 419.60, slightly above. They beat around it for a while, and then they gave it up. It was, in fact, overhead resistance. Running a test is one thing. Closing candles like 10 and 15-minute ones above is another. Here's a 15-minute chart. How many candles did they close above? About none. Here's a 10-minute chart. What about this candle here? The closing price is 419.59 against 419.60. Any accidents or coincidences in the market? I don't think so. We're moving along. Now, check this out. 
So early on, right out of the chute, they didn't get to 419.60. That was when they sold off, and then they went back up later. They're currently smack in the middle between the northern number, that one, and the southern number, which remains, and this was cited earlier, 417.50, give or take. Now, here's what's interesting about 417.50. They didn't go down, so they didn't get that number earlier in the day. But look what almost happened into the closing bell. Almost got to 417.50. Didn't quite get there, but they made an attempt. The point that I want to make is, before the opening bell, right around the opening bell, early in the morning, you've got to have an idea of what the important stuff is up north, the important stuff is down south. You have to understand where the market gets in trouble, where it can accelerate on the south side, where it can accelerate on the north side. When you have that, you have your support, you have your resistance, you have numbers that are likely to be tested, not every time, not every day, but under normal garden variety conditions, you've seen this over and over and over again. Therefore, you have two-thirds of the battle before you even get going. Do you think this is information that you can benefit from if used during the trading day? Yeah. Also, keep in mind, I'm going to scroll up a little bit. You pause the video and read the notes. Go back to the charts and double-check the work. There's a lot of stuff in there that you can learn from and take into the following trading sessions, the following weeks, the following months, the following years, and so on. Here's an interesting comment. They're running a test of 419.60 and eyeballing the next target of around 420. Blowing right on through? Not this early. If they were going to run that much this early, they would have opened above this area, in my humble opinion. Now, we've seen this before. I've mentioned stuff like that before. These are things that go with hashtag reading the tape. They didn't get above. They didn't close above. They didn't keep going. And that was the read at 953. We're moving along. Some markets were diverging from the SPY. The Qs were weak. They were strong. They were weak. The IWM was kind of all over the place. We'll get to those markets later. We're moving along inside the numbers. Here's a comment on one of the stocks on the move. We'll circle back to that later. Comment on the cues. Obviously, you can pause the video, read the notes for yourself. It was a quiet tape, so there's not a lot of heavy action on a day like today. But read the notes. There's always stuff to learn. Here's one. Many times, they have trouble pushing lower when there's a lack of market participants. Now, at the end of the day, they push lower, but several times during the trading day, they tried to go lower, and they were rescued. You need to understand what type of tape is in front of us. It doesn't guarantee everything. It's the more information you have, the more you can use it to your advantage. It's the more stuff you have in your arsenal. Arrows in the quiver. You know the routine. We're moving along. Now here's an example. One o'clock. There's nothing going on. Can't get to the lower stuff. Can't get to the higher stuff. Chop shop formation in the middle of nowhere. That's what was going on. So let me run through. You can pause and read the rest of the day. There it is, this way. You get to see everything. You get to decide if this is something you think would benefit you. Let's check out Stocks on the Move. We only had two on the board today, EL and Pets. One hit its price entry target. The other did not. EL, haircut at the open. It's a base hit type of opportunity. Nothing wrong with that. So here's the situation. Two numbers. Why? 
equal case could be made that the stock could trade to either number and get the bounce. 295.75, 292.61 spikes through the bottom one just by a little bit, but that was where the rip comes in. They go back above the first. If you paint by numbers, your average cost is in here. You get the minimum required base hit for about three bucks. That's a nice trade. And traders' choice, whether they want to hold for more, are they going to keep going higher or come back down? It becomes a risk-free, emotionless trade. Here's how. If it keeps going higher, you trail the stop for the rest of the day behind price, one way or the other. There's a lot of different ways to do that. The second thing is, if it comes down, you've booked a profit on half the position, you don't take a loss on the remaining half of the position, you end up with a gain, albeit a smaller gain. Either way, it's still a base hit. So maybe it's a bunt for base hit. So what? Base hits still put you in the Hall of Fame. Some keep going on the all-day rocket ride or the all-day sucker for higher prices, and some come back down. We never know which ones are going to do what. That's why we try and play it to get the best of both worlds. The way I suggest gives us the best of both worlds. We have to treat it as a business. What about Camp IWM today? So they're still hovering above this convergence of the 20 and 50 period moving average. So we have two things that haven't changed. We have a market that's in an uptrend, but a market that's potentially making a lower high. Now, if we get a spike and they take out the former high, that part of it goes off the table. But as it stands now, they're still potentially making a lower high. The weekly chart. We can make a couple of cases on the weekly chart. It's pretty interesting. I can make a case that we have a downward move and a bearish flaggish, not really a flag, but a bearish wedgish kind of pattern that'll generally do this. I can also make a case that we have this last breakup candle right here, okay? And as long as they stay on a weekly basis above that number, don't close any week, a Friday close below that number, then she's in a bullish formation building energy for another move higher. There's your weekly IWM analysis. From a daily chart perspective, you get above this high here, 230.95. They're likely going to run a test of the old highs and likely not going to stop at the old highs. That's just an assessment from 30,000 feet away without having closed above 230.95. Just looking at the chart saying, what if? And the what if scenario is the first thing that generally pops into your mind is going to be using the 80-20 rule right most of the time. So that was the first thing. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Anything going on here? Anything other than pure bullishness? No. It's just continuing to power forward. The weekly chart is in a perpetual uptrend week after week after week after week. And the monthly chart is in what we call the redonkulous. A chart can stay in the redonkulous for quite a while, but in the end, it's not going to stay like this, and it's going to come back in. From what price? I'll tell you after the turn. For those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, you might want to notice and think about how time is more important than price. This monthly chart has the potential to be on time. It also has the potential to give us a full stack. We don't know yet, we don't have one yet, but we're watching in the month of May. It's an awareness. 
What about the tech people out in Silicon Valley? They gave up the 20 period moving average. Is this a tell? Are the cues trying to tell us something? It's possible, it's an awareness, puzzle piece for sure, and on the table. We have to always look at both sides. Yes, they gave up the 20 period moving average. Yes, they're still just trading in a range up here. Just because the 20 comes in over here doesn't mean that this range still isn't valid and this range is them eating time off the clock. So this is how you have to look at both sides and you have to be objective. We use common sense, we use logic. Just because somebody says something doesn't make it so. You have to look at the bigger picture. If I left it as they gave up the 20 period moving average and never brought up the range, the channel that they've been trading in, you may not look at it the same way. That's why we have to be objective. That's why we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Now, what happens if they get below here? Let's say they start trading below the low of this range. Well, that changes things. These are the awareness things that we have to know about. Even if they do, there are gaps down here. There's a lot of stuff going on all the time. That's why we use a large contingent, a wide variety of different charts. It gives us an edge. What about the financials? Anything going on here? Now they're pushing on the highs. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the XLF. We're moving along. How about Smash Mouth? Now this is interesting. So the Qs gave up the 20 period moving average today and Smash Mouth gives up after hovering and bouncing off of it, the 50 period moving average. So it's my contention that tech, while there has to be some institutional distribution from tech, semis, Qs as a whole, whatever's in the Qs, the big tech stuff, we know it's top heavy. There's still distribution going on. The question is, is it distribution as a whole, or will it turn out to be just more sector rotation? We'll leave that discussion for another video and say, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.